2: This show was originally recorded on March 1st,
3: 2018. It's great to have you joining the party on the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze, inviting you to eat, drink, and be merry with us. We're in our new culinary studio at the Big G, that's what I call it, Gateway Community College in downtown New Haven. It's a massive place in the middle of the city, and there are five, we have five culinary kitchens to choose from here on the Food Schmooze. You know why this was important when I said, eat, drink, and be merry with us? Because what we're going to talk about on the show today is so exciting to me, and it's about this philosophy called Huga. I'm going to explain that in just a minute. But my treasured food buddies are here: senior contributors Chris Brosberry, Alex Province, Mark Raymond. You know, Robin Joyan Aiken is here. Hey, everybody! Hey, 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 hey. Hey. Hey, right, hey! Let me just explain to you that for the past few years, there is what I would call is, is a celebration of something important from Danish culture. It is a philosophy and a way of living called Huga. Some people say Huga, but Huga we'll say. So a few books have come out about this, and I think I have the best of the batch. And we have the authors on the show with us. The Huga philosophy, the word translated into the closest we can come in English would be a coziness. I think a kind of intimacy with other people, you know, arms around you kind of feeling. But the best way it's explained is in the opening to the book And it says, A Scandinavian winter is a long and frosty affair. It requires fierce resolve to brave the angry winds that gust inland from the ocean, to enjoy a few pale hours of sun before it slips beneath the horizon once more, to thrive in spite of adversity. That sounds like our world today, right? Mm -hmm. But it's more than a courageous heart and thick woolen socks that see Scandinavians joyfully through the dark, bleak season— their spirits are enriched and hearts made buoyant by the concept of huga. It's their winter elixir. It's the notion that taking care of yourself and those you love fortifies you with an invincible sense of well-being that no amount of snow or endless twilight can temper. Loosely translated, the word huga means coziness. But for Scandinavians, it means more than creating a warm and inviting space to live. It's about Feeling cozy from the inside out and letting this sense of utter contentment permeate everything you encounter throughout the day, gloomy and gray as it might be. The word originated in Denmark, but the concept is fundamental to how all Scandinavian people live every day of the year. It's a concept that feels just right during the winter. But one, they also carry into warmer months when they spend long summer days hiking in forests and invite friends round for outdoor barbecues under a midnight sun. So, huga is about creating a sanctuary of warmth and coziness that acts as a refuge for you and everyone you love. Inviting comforting elements into your day-to-day life is the essence of huga. Grace, simplicity, and gratitude are the principles huga practitioners. Here, too, for an abiding sense of well-being. Drinking hot spiced wine while wrapped in blankets by a glowing fire is hūga. A candlelit meal of warm comfort food with friends is hūga. A summer festival celebrating the longest day of the year with blazing campfires and live music is hūga. Wool socks, aromatic tea, a good read at a cabin, all Huga. A bakery with freshly baked bread is Huga. Bikes are more Huga than cars. Fluorescent lights are never Huga. <laughs> Listen to that, <laughs> office buildings. Um, relaxing on the couch with a birch schnapps cocktail, your feet kept toasty, nestled in the fur of a loving dog. Is oh. So, you see what I'm getting it's beautiful. At this whole yeah. book, here we have the authors of The Huga Life, and it's spelled H-Y-G-G-E. And here are the guests who created this book. Gunnar Carl Gieslaasen is chef of the award-winning Dill Restaurant in Reykjavik, the Nordic House. That's where his restaurant is. But he also has a place, Agarn and Grand Central Terminal. So hmm. he's celebrating the Iceland thing and cool. it's become quite a thing all over. And we have Jody Eddy, who is the author of several books, is a graduate of the Institute of Culinary Education in Manhattan. So welcome to the Fuchshmie Party. Thank, Thank you. you very
2: much.
3: We wanna be hoogah with you. <laughs> so, okay. Is this possible for those of us who live in the United States? Who aren't supported in the way that Danes are by the government? Our life is very different from yours. You have higher taxes, yet you have health care and it's childcare and family leave and all these things. So you are free to not be so scared about the things that um, frighten us. How do how do we embrace huga?
4: It's more about uh, appreciating the, the small things it doesn't really always have to be about uh, like the grand picture I guess my son very often he says that uh, he's having the best day of his life and uh, and he happens to have that day very often <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> I've kind of like started to uh, to think like that's that's kind of like the spirit and, and how we should live. So I'm having the best day of my life over and over again now.
3: <laughs> you know the way that meditation is a habit. You start to embrace it as a habit. You do it every day. You do the same thing of watching your mind without judgment. That's the whole thing. Um, yeah, and you le- really. you learn over time to be better and better at it. I'm wondering if Huga isn't like that. For instance, Jody, you are from here. And yet, you're part of this whole
2: thing.
0: Absolutely. Every time I return from Iceland, I just take more and more of Iceland and its sensibility with me and incorporate it into my life in every way. And I think what Gunnar was saying about it really needs to begin from an internal place. It's not as much about your external environment. It, It has to begin from the inside. And I think it can be applied anywhere in the world. I think as we travel... We meet people all the time who really embody the spirit of this concept everywhere in the world. It's about loving the people in your life, taking care of them, taking care of yourself. And that can be applied anywhere.
3: I wonder if um, you see why something like this would start in Scandinavia. Because there is so much darkness and so much cold and that in itself is depressing, technically. So the people of that place, maybe this happens in Scotland, too, and we have just, you know, there's a lot of intermingling between the Scots and the Danes. Um, you know, <laughs> what do you mean? You, <laughs> um, so you you would have to come up with something where you... Train your brain to embrace a positive, wholesome spirit. And I think that's where this started. And now we all want the same thing. I, I mean, I think we're, we're reading this and thinking, is this true? Is this, you know, how do we get this? You know, we don't have the darkness, but we certainly have the stress. And I was so taken with reading your book and the recipes and very inspired by it.
0: I've known Gunnar for about a decade now. I often in life, and I don't know if you know this, Gunnar, but I often think, what would Gunnar do? (laughs) How would he approach the stress I'm encountering right now? Because he really has a levity of spirit, and I feel like he really embodies Huga. The first time I was in Iceland in the winter, it really does affect you in a profound way, but I noticed that my Icelandic friends were not affected by it in a negative way. They really took it for what it is mm-hmm. and they've found solutions i think environmentally and psychologically and spiritually
3: There is something about these recipes That you have in here And thank you, by the way, for allowing us To put some of these recipes on our website Foodschmooze.org Where you'll find out information about this book And see some of the recipes from the book So how do we describe how you create a sense of húga With food and drink?
4: I think it has a lot to do with kind of like cooking some uh, some simple plates and uh Try to make sure that it doesn't get too complicated and you can have like a, a really relaxing and good time while you do it, right?
3: Yes, yeah, so people sometimes cook together. You know, you said Scandinavians yeah. love pizza as much as anybody in the world, and the idea is to.
5: Even more, probably.
4: Yeah.
3: Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 but
0: even, he has a pizza place in Reykjavik. <laughs> oh.
3: Really? Uh, oh. Do you guys deliver? <laughs> I'm dying to go there. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Let's start with one of the recipes we have on the site that's in your book fennel salad with blue cheese and walnuts. Yum. Oh, yes. This is uh, great for lunch with friends. It comes together in a few minutes. Uh, You certainly could use it as a side salad at at dinner on any night or a brunch dish. But it has those elements in it. I, I see, Gunnar, that you are into texture as much as you are into flavor. Everything has got some kind of texture going on.
4: For me, like when you're eating something, uh, I mean, obviously you want everything to taste delicious, and you want all the different flavors to go very well together. But as well, for me, it's very important that you have different kind of textures. You have to have something smooth. You have to have something crispy, and etc. So that's Mm -hmm. like kind of like what makes the perfect plate, right?
3: Yes, exactly. So there's fennel bulb sliced up and apple cider vinegar and salt and pepper, the chopped walnuts, a little tiny bit of butter, some sourdough bread, uh, salad greens, a wedge of blue cheese, some sliced radishes. If you have them, edible flower blossoms for a garnish, that's optional, of course. And it all comes together easily, but it's fresh, it's real, and delicious flavors together, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah,
1: absolutely delicious. It's like an intentionality to it. Even like the setting, I look at the picture, it's so pretty. Like everything has a purpose.
3: So may I say to the two of you, because we asked Chris if he would make one of your recipes, and so he made uh, the bratwurst- or maybe I should say bratwurst with uh, sauerkraut and smashed potatoes. Talk about wow. huga. Oh. Talk about comforting and cozy Clean with plates. each other. Yeah.
6: Chris, you loved it too. You loved it. Loved it. Wow, this <laughs> is and I, this is
3: on our website too, fluchmus. Go ahead, it's in the book. Yeah,
6: when I feel good and I come from a place of just feeling like happy and in a good place, it transfers. It transfers into the food almost. Mm. That happiness. Oh, that joy
4: oh yeah absolutely it's It's they always um, better yeah. transform into the food, right
3: Let me bring Jody in on this because Jody, you went to cooking school, and um I think that they would do well to teach that at cooking school. That's not something that they talk about. It's more more toward yes, chef, no chef, and um a rigorousness. What do you think?
0: Absolutely. and I think another thing that I've always admired about Gunnar's cooking is that. I've really learned from him that something simple can be as incredible as something that's really complex to prepare. Um, We're kind of trained in this high-end culinary world that if it's gorgeous, that's what counts. But I think Gunnar, his food is gorgeous, but it's also so incredibly flavorful. Mm. And I think that's a good lesson for chefs to embrace. For home cooks,
3: how does that translate? Are we talking about the presence of fresh, whole foods without a lot of junk in it. What, what does this come from? This um, powerful flavor, addressing texture. Home cooks aren't standing around doing that. You know, we're trying so hard to get food on the table. Yeah. Uh, so, what how do we how do we get at this?
6: I, I think the simplicity comes from that happiness place. I have made happiness
3: some Happiness means no rushing. Yes, and I've... Like enjoying come, the process. And
6: I've come up with some of the most amazing dishes on Sunday afternoons at a friend's house while her daughter is singing in the background and the two of us are cooking together. And because we're doing it together and in that place, huga, right? Like Gunnar said, it translates into the food somehow and it's hard to put into words. Like
1: dinner's not like a box to check off, like dinner, done.
6: Maybe
3: huga is we saying that in America it's for weekends? Or are we saying this is a thing that you... Learn as a habit to calm down. That's Take it. it. Yeah. That's it. Come Gunnar home, said it. Enjoy
6: his son had, dinner, the enjoy the right? Gunnar, right? had the best day, right? Gunnar, right? The best day of you, his life, right? His Gunnar. Yeah, it it could be the stressful day, but you're home cooking with your wife and your child. All of a sudden, you can put yourself in that place, can't you? Yeah. Gunnar, how do you do it? You own a restaurant. How, how do you get mm-hmm. to that place?
4: Well, maybe it's just because I'm so careless. <laughs> <laughs>
5: maybe. <laughs> Carefree. But
4: that's carefree. a I, I that's know. a like, lesson I we need I broke it. <laughs> you just you just need to be more careless. <laughs> no, no, no. But I
5: in I, I, like,
4: all, all seriousness, several years ago, I was I was about to uh, to die of stress and too much work and all that. Uh. So we were making like a new uh, web page, and um, the only thing we had there was pictures. And then I opened it up. The first text that I saw that was like kind of like on the opening page was um, by uh, this great poet in in Iceland, and it pretty much said that. Um, this will all um, go or, or end somehow, even though we, we don't really think so. That's kind of like been my motto. You wake up one day and uh, and you think it's going to be a tough one. Like at the end of the day, it's, it's
6: going to end. Yeah. At yeah. the same time every day, right?
4: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's kind of a real... We don't week, have right? control over all that. <laughs>
6: Life goes yeah, on exactly. and... This too shall exactly. pass.
1: Yeah. So worrying about stuff that you have no control over—what's the point of worrying, right? It's gonna happen. Yeah. yeah, if, yeah, if, yeah if it's, it's gonna, gonna happen, go it's gonna somewhere. happen. So enjoy, <laughs> look around, find the beauty and everything around us. I mean, yeah, that's I you. at least we have control in that. Mm.
3: This is wonderful to maybe knock some sense into us, you know, yeah. to get us out of that track, that wheel that we get on mm-hmm. uh, in our lives. That's just where you're just spinning, going round and round. Those voices in your head. Mm-hmm are you know talking like crazy and you're in that loop maybe you
6: can tell those voices huga
3: Yes. What
1: people would give to be healthy and happy to have today.
3: So um, I want to call your attention to what's in the book, the pancakes with berries and whipped cream, the rice porridge for breakfast. These were ones that just had me running to the kitchen, fried fish with almonds and capers, the recipes we have on our site, foodschmooze.org, how to have a movie night, Um, (laughs) stovetop popcorn from Gunnar, how to give your guests a parting gift as they go out the door. Oh. A Huga pizza party, and <laughs> on and on it goes. I adore this book and, and this philosophy. It's very uh, inspiring to yeah. me. So Jody, Eddie, and Gunnar Carl Gislason, thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, thank you much more. It's <laughs> 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 oh. the best day of my life. <laughs> 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 okay, and don't forget, people. It's spelled the Higgy Life is the name of the book, and it's spelled H Y G G E. But you pronounce it um, in the language Huga. You know, H O O G U H Huga, like that.
0: Gunnar, will you pronounce it for them, just as a nice parting gift?
3: <laughs> well, I, I would say you
4: did it very well.
3: <laughs> oh, no. Oh, oh. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Come on, Gunnar. <laughs> Let's, it, Gunnar. Let's go, Gunnar. <laughs> <laughs> Help me do it exactly right. Hyga. Oh, Sounds the same. Huga. Uh, yeah. 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 right. Or yeah.
4: like we would say in Icelandic, hildhukkulärlief. Oh, yes, Leaf. that's
2: it? that too. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> I'll, I'll practice, said it better I'll
5: practice myself. that. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: All right, thank you
3: so much. Thank you. All right, coming up, we're going to talk about what are our comfort foods, and and what are yours, by the way. As you can think about this, we're going to take a short break. And also, in the segment after that, we've got a great white wine discovery for you. It's an Italian white suave. You might have seen that on uh, old-school Italian restaurants. Well, you know, it's back, and it's delicious, it turns out. More mouthwatering conversation and fun ahead on the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze here at Gateway in New Haven. I hope you'll make a charitable contribution to Feed the Hungry. We're online now at foodschmooze.org, and we'll be right back.
2: You're listening to a rebroadcast of the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze. This show was originally recorded on March 1st, 2018. Beans and cornbread. Beans
6: and cornbread. Beans and cornbread. And cornbread had a fight. Beans knocked Conrad out of sight Conrad said, now that's alright Meet me on the corner tomorrow night to I'll, be I'll, be tomorrow I'll be ready I'll be ready. I'll be ready tomorrow night I'll be ready I'll be ready.
2: I'll be ready tomorrow fro- night i be ready I'll be ready tomorrow night That's what beans said to cornbread
3: I'm Faith Middleton with my treasured food buddies, and you know I mean that. Chris Pressberry, chef and co-owner of Metro Beast Restaurant in Simsbury, Connecticut. Wine broker Alex Province, and wine broker Mark Raymond. Senior producer Robin Doyen Aiken is here. And we have just been celebrating the uh, Danish philosophy called Hygge. And <laughs> 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 um, just um, very much like... Mindfulness, really, when you come down to it. But this guy has got some great recipes. I can't wait to start cooking and to calm down when (laughs) I do it. (laughs) And you know what else? I wish I'd gotten to say to him, the part in the book that I love, in addition to his recipes, is the sense that you can cook with friends and that when people come over, you don't have to pretend that you are a five-star restaurant. No, You just are Pulling things yeah. together, yeah. and then and do it, all the, the
6: work ahead of time. Do nothing t- when you get the so
3: time. Yeah, the time together is the point, and yes. the never mind all the many the food courses. Makes. Or I think
1: faith is even saying different. like, just, just enjoy the pro- yeah. when, when they're there. Just have who cares? <laughs> keep it yeah. simple. Make a bowl Maybe. of spaghetti. Oh, whatever. <laughs> oh. Yeah,
3: exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. I always go to the artists yeah. who used to do this. You know, that's all oh, they go right. for. Yeah. Was well, spaghetti? Yeah, a Chianti and the basket. Yeah.
1: What's all wrong with that? A Build a fire.
3: Supermarket bread on the table yeah. and some butter, and maybe yeah. you yeah. thought to take the butter out before they got there, and a jug of wine, yeah. and, you know, uh. there you go. No one's going, oh, you know. <laughs> you just – You're all best. props to life. Go for the fun. <laughs> right? Exactly. It's all a
1: prop to life.
3: Exactly. I love that you say that. Okay. So – Let's do our version of comfort foods, because really, if this um Huga philosophy is about comfort and coziness with other people, what foods? You know, if you look at Gunnar's recipe, you mm. can hear that these are whole, clean foods that are just fresh and, you know, they're delicious. And they he's a you. chef. He has yeah. to pay attention to the various things. But these recipes, anybody can follow, right?
6: The one that's my go-to now is basically the simplest recipe on Earth, but it is so Huga. <laughs> that Huga. <laughs> it fits it perfectly. And it comes from Linda Juca and it's Pastina. It's so simple. It's not even a recipe. I think I love everything that Linda makes. Yeah, and, and, and this is from her grandmother, yeah. and she fed it to her kids. So, so you just cook up some pasta, little little pasta like the ditalinis or little stars, whatever you want, with salted water, right? Cook it till it's nice and soft, and then drain it. Leave a little bit of water in the pot. Put the pasta back in the pot. Mix in a tablespoon or so of butter and – Three slices or four slices of American cheese. I know it sounds crazy. Stir all that in. So you chop it up. No, just drop the slices right in it. It just It'll melts melt right in. in, 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 in right? Heat, yeah. right, and then you're still kind of on the. F- it's on the burner, but not really cooking. <laughs> but right? Are they cheese? Oh yeah, but it doesn't <laughs> no, matter. It doesn't. No, melt. Does it doesn't melt. Yeah. yeah, it melts. <laughs> so, it, melts. It, it melts so beautifully. And then you take an egg, crack an egg, you whisk it, and you mix it in there off the fire while it's still hot. And then you don't even have to put it in a bowl. What? Take, you
3: crack an egg, yeah,
6: and whip it up, and the then pico. you fold the egg Roxy. in, and it yeah. cooks it. it. The egg cooks in the warm pasta with the cheese. You mean
3: it scrambles?
6: It becomes Jersey the sauce. So you yeah. just made a carbonara. Yeah, but well, it's so, but the, but that's but it's carbonara is not huca. The cheaty way. Pastina no is huca. Uh huh. Right, because it's just so simple. With and like or said, you take the yeah. bowl, okay. you take the pot to the couch with you, and you just <laughs> eat it right out of the pot, and just like it's a blanket that covers <laughs> you. Aww. that's yeah. good. Good. Try it's it because good. it really is. All right. So simple, who's, and so who's, yummy.
3: Who's up next? And Robin, don't think you're getting out of this. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, I think uh, I think my Mark my would
5: probably be Sunday sauce. It's the it's the tomato gravy that the your Sunday grandmother gravy? made. You know. Yeah. It, my nanny called it gravy, but you know it's tomato sauce. And in right. the heartier winter months, you add a little bit of maybe sausage or meatballs or mm. maybe some lamb chops and braise them in the pan before you start nice. the sauce. And then garlic and your two tum- onions in the
3: in the pot you're using for the sauce. Absolutely,
5: oh, yeah, yes. because you want all those drippings <gasps> right into the sauce, and it just makes it a richer, heartier sauce. Yeah. Oh and my And then you cook God. up whatever your favorite pasta is. Is it Jamelli? Is it uh, ziti? Is sure. it the you or know just spaghetti or just regular spaghetti? Okay, yeah. yeah. You know, a nice crusty loaf of bread on the yeah. side. Everybody gathers around the bowl. Oh. And we pour out a little bowl. of just Yeah, a nice, yeah. easy, simple red wine. I'll bet. Or whatever oh. you, do, whatever you like to that. drink. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: Maybe you're doing one of those non-alcoholic shrubs or whatever. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. Uh, Robin, how about you?
2: Well, my most Huga meal is really... A shepherd's pie mm. yeah i grew up with it um my aunt used to make it we didn't call it shepherd's pie but it is really what most people think of a shepherd's pie you know like the mashed potatoes with not lamb but i have beef in mine mm. yeah. and peas and corn yeah. that that's my favorite we called it this could be either from my canadian side or my aunt's polish side but we called it Petitioninois. I don't know why, but th- that's the name. I of like it. it. I, I like couldn't spell it. it for you, but that was Good. our version of shepherd's pie. Nice. Does it yeah. have crust? Well, or no. well, if you're you're baking it kind of in a casserole dish in the oven and the top is a mashed potato layer yeah. and so yeah. that will get a little Crispy. golden brown. Yeah. Golden yeah. So you don't really yes. need the crust. No, oh. but then I put a little melted butter on top just to finish it and oh. put oh, it in yeah. the um, yeah. oven again Yes, and that's what makes it <laughs> golden. Parmesan we all cheese, like baby. to more
3: finish More butter, our our, more better. <laughs> we like to finish <laughs> our food with a little butter. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> this is what we do. Yeah. Well, and that can calm you down right there. Oh yeah, <laughs> just the butter. I'm so relaxed right now just thinking about
5: it oh (laughs) here's um,
3: robin i'm so glad you brought that up because um i just saw and i'm trying my mind is racing with where did i see this this idea of taking puff pastry the frozen kind you get in the supermarket you know taking a square of it and defrosting it and then mixing up A bunch of wild mushrooms that have been cooked in butter, some frozen peas, maybe Mm. some shallots or something. You could add your corn. And then taking a couple spoonfuls and putting it on top of the center of the puff pastry, folding it over, and then pinching the sides so that it's a triangle, like a turnover. Almost like, like an empanada. Turnover. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Turnover is like an empanada. Yeah, yeah. Turnover. And then it'll take a little egg and brush it and pop those in the oven, <sighs> and they're like. Like a hot pocket. It's yeah. like, <laughs> like a hot yeah. pocket, like a hot
6: but, hot but pocket, without but being. And a fancy hot yeah. pocket. A homemade hot pocket, yeah, Yeah. I like it. And the crust is soft and crispy. But I think the key
3: is also what Robin's talking about. There's something about the flavors, the heat, the carbs, the mixture, the smell in the room, the oven Mm -hmm. heat coming off the oven. You know, I mean, it's just Mm -hmm. fantastic. Oh yeah, Alex Robbins, what do you have for comfort food? So carbohydrates
1: are like comfort food for me. So I love Jacques Pépin's way of using all the cheeses in my refrigerator. So I will make like a simple, melt some butter in a heavy bottom stock pan, add uh, a little flour to that so it's a roux, add some Mm -hmm. milk until it thickens up. And then I go into my cheese drawer and find like the strong cheddars that we love on hamburgers and parmesan cheese, American slices, the little but I I do the organic ones. You know, the they're they're good. Wait a minute, no manchego? Manchego? I I ate all the Manchego. Oh, all right. Manchego got eaten? I was gonna say (laughs) you've got (laughs) to have Manchego
3: in Maybe even a little
1: blue cheese. Oh yeah. What's in
3: there? What are you doing with all that? I'm
1: gonna grate them on a box grater and then I'm gonna dump them into my You know, that like creamy, milky, buttery white sauce. I'm going to add a little salt and pepper, maybe a little nutmeg, a little Mm. spoonful of Dijon mustard. (gasps) And then meanwhile, I'm going to boil some elbow macaroni. And I'm going to drain them and combine them. And then maybe I'll eat it right out of the bowl or I'll pour it into a buttered casserole. You mean you might share? I'll, sh- uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'll share with myself. I'll share with No, I will. Uh-huh. i share. That's not muga. That's, <laughs> no, that's no i good. share. That's self-indulgence. That's the <laughs> most <laughs>
3: important part. No,
1: this is more than I can eat. I'll share. The Danish people
3: do not like that individuality thing. Uh, you know? <laughs> that's muga. <laughs> that's a different one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so I, you know, this is crazy, and it, it's not even a meal, but it's... You know that thing where you stick me on an island And you can have one food for the rest of your life And I think yeah pretty much it's a grilled cheese sandwich Ooh, yeah. Yeah. You know the but yeah. the bread So if you yeah. stick me there Just give me a butter. Spe- Give me a pan mm-hmm. give me butter. A life supply of butter Do
0: and, you do sourdough or, or white bread or? Che-
3: Yeah I mean mostly I like white bread yeah. Like Hardy white Because well, I like the, white. to get just it Wonder really bread white. Buttery white. golden yeah. on both Crispy. sides yeah. And you know sometimes Sometimes I might like to have different kinds of, of cheeses, but basically that yeah. sharp,
6: cheddar. delicious, yeah,
3: maybe long. English cheddar. Some of the cheddars that right here in Connecticut. Oh, sure. are, that are, are cheese. But yeah. I mean, but as long as it's sharp yeah, and yeah. Got a little tang. Oh, just, you know, flipping over in the pan so the that butter it's and the golden melts. and buttery. it yeah. does the uh, uh, one in the, the plaid. Sides. Yeah, like the, that's a good uh, one too. Yeah.
1: Hunters yep. or whatever, that's cool. new yeah. Yeah.
3: cloth wrap mm. cheese. Well, anyway, so that's my comfort food, and I really don't see why you couldn't make that for people coming over. You yep. know, grilled cheese oh, night. Yeah. Please come. Who would turn yeah. down that invitation? I, nobody. Come I do. Nobody would. I'm having a
6: grilled cheese. Yeah, a panini. I, do, I I have a paintbrush with melted butter, and I just brush on the butter. panini grill. Oh. Right, and then you just. Drop them in one at a time or two at a time and pass them out. And people oh, are having grilled best. cheese. And then you can, put anything you, can, yeah, you, and you can put anything you want in it. You could put asparagus in it. You could put chicken in it, whatever, tomato, avocado. Mm. And then it's, it's the simplest thing and no one fusses.
3: What we've got in common here is um, we have certain ideas about what comfort food is. So their focus would be on they have maybe some other ideas and but we, there's an overlap, but they're focusing on keep it simple, mm-hmm. and do things that are convivial that bring Fellowship. people together. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, that that's you know hear the laughter, hear yeah. the kids, hear the you know watch make your movie, own grilled cheese. Make, you know what? Yeah. Yes, make At your own, own just,
1: And why yeah. procrastinate? Do it tonight. I mean, yeah. why why does yeah. everything have to be so like planned out? Just call a few friends if they can't. Invite some other people. Yeah. Just do it. You
6: have any you cheese? Take that bring lesson.
1: your own cheese. Yeah. come over tonight <laughs> yeah. when they when they say, "Hey, what can I bring? Bring yeah. a cheese. Yeah, bring Wonder Bread.
3: You Don't know, worry, I got the idea. bread. You bring the cheese. <laughs> I got the wine. Yeah or vice versa. Yeah. <laughs>
6: so I got the mots. That way the, the gluten-free <laughs> yeah. Everyone brings take care everyone themselves. brings one item, yeah. right? Yes, someone yes. brings the bread, someone brings the cheese, everyone else brings a a yeah. filling. A Truth tomato, is, People are avocado. happy to be together. Yeah, that's the most yeah. of our apart. That's it.
3: So this book is about taking care of yourself and not feeling guilty about that. This has mm. become, you know, we've pathologized that yeah. and to take care of other people. That's yeah. the whole ball game, right there. In the, yeah. And it's easier I love to take book.
6: care of other people when you take care of yourself first. Yes, don't mm-hmm. you think? Agree. Yeah. Yeah. There's no question. Yeah. It's like you the know, air you masks complaints.
3: Yeah. You <laughs> yes. Heard that's the, the thing. <laughs> and, and Gunnar <laughs> yeah. Carl Gislofs, and you heard him mm-hmm. say that he too, you know, a man from the culture of Huga, <laughs> he too was stressed out of his mind, yeah. and then read that sentence that from poem. the poet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. Y- though you though you're not realizing it this time will be over. Yeah. yeah. And so you have now. Yeah. You know and there there you go. So Agreed. I think that's what they're getting us to acknowledge but in a really nice way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <really laughs> Maybe nice. we need that. Right, we have we have a what we would call a hugo wine for you <laughs> that will bring people together and I think you're going to enjoy this. It's kind of a good discovery. It's an Italian wine. You know, just under $20 And it's an old Italian Grapey kind of thing was an old school menu you see, this is going to be good
1: Be fun with the, be yes. fun with the grilled <laughs> cheese sandwich I know,
3: yes it would <laughs> Alright, we love the local And we ask you to support your local food growers And food makers You know our podcast, just sign up for it Foodschmooze.org Wine's coming up, we'll be right back
2: Listening to a rebroadcast of the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze. This show was originally recorded on March 1st, 2018.
3: This is the Food Schmooze Party offering the richness of life and coming to you in Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and New York. New York, including Westchester County, the east end of Long Island, the Hamptons, of course. The senior producer is Robin Doyen-Akin. And to hear this show on WNPR, it airs Thursdays at 3 and 9. I am with Chris Prosperi, Mark Raymond, Alex Province, Robin, of course, is in the engineering room and joins us from time to time. And this wine is a great find, I think. And it is around... $19, $20 $19, $20 a bottle. You know, some brave stores are going to charge 18 just to get your business. But anyway, let's say $18 to $20. And it's from Italy, and it's a wine that you still see on the menus of Italian restaurants, right? Cool, suave. right? Yeah. Suave. <laughs> suave. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Sounds suave. Suave Classico. You know how you see that? Well, this is uh, made by a vineyard called Pieropan. What do we know about this grape, Alex?
1: The first thing we notice when we poured it, it's so straw yellow. The color just jumps out yeah, at you. It's a different yeah. color, right? It's like very bright yellow.
3: It is crisp and fresh, and yet there's a structure in here. Little roundness in the mouth feels yeah. so kind of like
1: a Chardonnay, right? It's mm-hmm. round like a, in a way, like a like
3: <laughs> very dry Chardonnay. Yeah, yeah. A
1: very dry Chardonnay. It smells right? a little different, but the yeah, mouth but the feels mouth feel like the, a Chardonnay. Yeah,
6: stainless steel, right?
3: If you had to make a cross between Sauvignon Blanc and Chardonnay. This might be this it. This might be The it. child. There the child go. of the Sauvignon baby. <laughs> The baby. <of> Without, <laughs> the um, Without the grapefruit. Without the grapefruit. Without the... But a little lemon, a little apple. citrusy. Yeah.
1: You know what was neat about Suave? Oh, in the 70s and 80s, it was incredibly popular in this country, more so even than uh, Pinot Grigio. Yeah,
6: it was one of the six wines you got in a restaurant in the 70s. So I
1: think <laughs> Pinot Grigio came and sort of ate its lunch, so to speak. <laughs> so let's go back to this. I like it. So, Chris, so wasn't this your nickname in high school, Suave? I,
5: so
3: what, what <laughs> part, but what part of Italy is this from? North,
1: uh, east, so in Venice, the Veneto region. The Veneto. Mm-hmm, their cuisine is like rice-based and seafood and all that beautiful so you stuff. see where it comes from, right? Yeah, it would be fun to do like a boreal rice, uh, you like a risotto with this, with mm. mushrooms yeah. or yeah. scallops. Yeah, asparagus. A sp- no. Asparagus risotto with
5: this would mm. be fantastic. So you
3: know how scallops often demand, because you cook them in a little bit of butter, they often demand... Something with a little butter in it. And now, is this too dry for scallops? No. I think
1: this is perfect. I think this would be. I, th- delicious I think this is what yeah.
3: Europeans would do. Whereas here in America, when we're having lobster, we're, we're going for buttery stuff. Yeah. Because right? we think of seafood plus butter. Now I need to match with butter, and it's not necessarily. Yeah, that sometimes way.
6: it's better to do the opposite, right? Yeah. When you're drinking wine, to not go Cut with the butter. Yeah, direct opposite of the, the acidity butter. acidity cuts yeah, right through. Yeah, and then you want another bite, so it sort of washes away mm-hmm. that fatty butter taste in your yeah, mouth. Like and we and you're yeah. ready like for that.
1: another bite. With like lobster, you dip it in butter, but mm-hmm. you can also take a squeeze of lemon. Yeah. And this one is and that, this that is squeeze, the squeeze of lemon. lemon. Good idea. Yeah. 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 That's good. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Faith makes an interesting point. European wines, like this one, is drier than what someone who's drinking American or New World wines is. So it's it's worth mentioning they're low sugar. So if you're drinking California Chardonnay, you drink this, you might be like, oh, it's dry. Yeah, too but, tart. You know, that's just because there's no sugar in it. And you get used to not drinking sugar.
3: You know what this is a little bit like? There are some Alsatian wines mm-hmm. that feel as if they're a cross between Italian and French. Or German They will make A Riesling sometimes That's bone dry yeah. And that's, yeah. what, that's like this. Instead yeah. of sweet Or fruity Right it's Goes it's better like with the, food Oh these are the dry. wines That go with food well, yeah. why, why is that? Like well, a suave Is better with food
1: White wines The secret to it Is the acidity So you have to have Good acidity And that's why Vintage is so important Because a year That's too hot they get flabby and don't have that brightness. It's that brightness that pairs with food, like even how Coca Cola goes with a hamburger.
6: You know, Coca Cola is high acidity. Yeah. It's I always, Texas. Talking yeah. Yeah. I, I always say or it, Dr it, Pepper. It, it's the chewing gum effect. You know, like when you chew gum for a long time, you don't even yeah. taste the flavor anymore, and it's fatigue, mouth fatigue. And when you're eating food, you take a bite, you taste it, you take a second bite, the flavors sort of get dulled. You take a yeah, sip your of yeah, taste buds. Your yeah, taste buds get dull. Yeah. You take a sip of a wine, a dry wine like this, and it washes everything away. And then then you taste the new again. You know, this is
3: always fun to me when we talk about wine like this, because there is something every day about this discussion. It's not super geeky. No. It's more what you might be thinking when you're at home drinking Or not thinking, which is probably the best of all, where you just have a few sips and say, I like this, and you're off and running. Gee, this tastes good with my food, (laughs) and you're off and running. On the one hand, it doesn't matter, but on the other hand, it's fun to learn. You know, Chris, you're a chef, and Mark and Alex, you're both wine guys, and so... I learn every single time.
6: I do too. Yeah, it's so yeah. much fun. I learn from these guys all the time. It changes the way I think about the wine. Sometimes you, you put it up on a pedestal too much, I think, or at least I do. And you know, and then all of a sudden I listen to these guys and it brings it right back to earth. Like, no, uh-huh. I can just enjoy this wine with a cheeseburger or I can have this wine with a pizza. And it really works together and it's fun. That's how they do in Europe. Wine yeah. is not
1: snobby. You go to the grocery store and you, you buy this yep. wholesome wine and you drink it. It's on every table.
3: So do we think this is Huga? Oh, <laughs> <I think this, laughs> yeah. Agree absolutely. I This is go- this is <laughs> yes. a wine with your friends. We know from Huga that people just get together, and there's not some vast, vast importance about every single detail being right. And mm-hmm. just enjoy. relax, enjoy the conversation. Zero in on what other people are saying. Hear the laughter. Yeah. That's it, Mm Huga. We put the label, as we always do, on our site, foodschmooze.org. This will range from $18 to $20 a bottle, depending on your wine store. Because they can't carry everything, we always tell you to mention the distributor. We've got that name on the website, too. I want you to go to the website because we have worked so hard to put so many things on there for you, and we want you to see it. I'm teasing you a little bit with the name of the distributor, <laughs> so you'll go to the site. Anyway, this vineyard, Pieropon, P-I-E-R, like Pier, o this is uh, the vineyard's... 50th vintage. That's so crazy. suave. Or, or, or
1: the winemaker's 50th. This is
3: 2016, by the way. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have a an idea for everybody on Facebook, bartenders and home bartenders, professional or otherwise. What do you drink at home? Mm-hmm. This is a question that I learned last night from a man sitting next to me who said that Hemingway... Supposedly, as the story goes, Hemingway asked that question and kept a diary and would go, as he tended to do, from bar to bar to bar, asking the bartenders, what do you drink at home? And then he kept a diary and asked them, how do you make that at home? If it was in any way complicated or recipe i tried to find this but i couldn't in time for the show there's a story that this was once published but in any case i love the question yeah bartenders whether you are professional or not what do you drink at home i don't care how simple it is i don't care how complex it is whatever you drink at home i don't care if it's a beer We want to know, and you do that by going to our Facebook page, Faith Middleton Food Schmooze.
2: I want to remind our listeners, too, that if you are not seeing our Facebook posts on your Facebook feed... Go into your settings and make sure that you give us a check mark or a little star mark or whatever it is that will let Facebook know that you do want to see the Faith Middleton Fuchsmeier's Facebook posts in your feed first.
3: Because they've reconfigured Facebook a little bit, and when you know every time they change <laughs> they things, they do it every, every going, six weeks. Where months. did it go? Where did it <laughs> get go? Get to use the word algorithm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, the man sitting next to me, Mark, said last night to the bartender, What do you drink at home? And he basically said, I just put some bourbon on ice. That's about as much as I want to do. I like bourbon, mm. and it's just easy, and it's relaxing to me. and did he name a, favorites.
1: Oh, did he name a brand that he, he liked? He
3: didn't. I'm in the process of trying to do what I consider the perfect Manhattan. Oh, mm.
6: A lifelong ambition.
3: <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I mean, I've had some fabulous Manhattans made by bartenders. I always quiz them. But I've also had some bad ones. I was just in a particular restaurant, and I saw them take out the bourbon to make my Manhattan, put it in an ice shaker with ice, and start shaking like mad. Now, first of all... I wish Anthony DeSario, our chief cocktail guy, was here because he'd be, you know, his, head, his head would explode. Um, that's considered something that will kind of bruise the bourbon. And mm. so you never do that. Never shake. You know, you're supposed to be stirring it gently and, you know, with a kind of vermouth. And now even the cherries. Are important. I soak real cherries in brandy, Ooh. and then add them to my Manhattan when Ooh. it's summertime. Let's That's make our own,
1: yeah, cherries.
3: Yeah, okay. All right. I, I have jars I'm,
1: sitting in the studio.
3: So what? Anyway, what about you, Chris? As a as a chef with a whole bar at your disposal, when you go home, what are you drinking?
6: I go in in like I go in blocks where I'm drinking white wine at at the end of the night and then beer. But if it's a cocktail, I always keep a little bit of vodka at home. In the freezer? Yeah, I always keep it in the freezer. But something good though, right? Yeah, something good like uh, either Grey Goose or I don't know, Belvedere, whatever. It doesn't matter. And then there's that old New England thing called a shrub. Mm. And that's equal parts vinegar, sugar, and a fruit juice of some kind. And a friend of mine makes a cranberry one at home. I take the vodka, I put it in a in a uh, shaker with a little bit of ice and then I put a couple drops of this cranberry ah. shrub in and oh. I shake it like mad until it's got the ice too, skating Too right, cold to hold. Too cold go. to hold and I mm-hmm. pour it in a glass and I do a half because I, I read in a book once a martini was a shot of vodka or a shot and a half of vodka. Mm-hmm. It's like three or four. Yeah, see that's what I'm saying. Now it's the, uh, You have uh, to fill up the glass. Yeah, you got to fill up the glass. No, it's I, I, do, for I do the real martini so it's an ounce, maybe an ounce and a half of vodka a little bit and then I sit on the couch and I just Go into a peaceful place and drink yeah. my one little a martini. A twister? Mm-hmm. No, nothing. I don't and, do, do anything. Are, just that do you, you
3: like the flavor of the martini you make when you yeah, make it? Yeah, uh-huh. I do. So that's a great thing. I too would say that it moves for me. Right yeah. now, I'm quite obsessed with perfecting the Manhattan so that I can give that as a gift to my guests. As nice. soon as I feel like I've really got it down, that's, that's, so that's what I like to do. Are using special ice? No, I no. don't do that.
5: No. <laughs> Glacier
3: yeah. ice? <laughs> no.
6: What do you he buy it? The large, balls where you can boil water. Oh, sure. I saw on no. I saw online where a, this was a YouTube video, and the bartender literally took 15 minutes to carve the yeah, ice, I saw And that. carve the ice for his drink. because
5: oh. his drinks are so small. He's,
3: he's not busy enough. <laughs> no, he's got way <laughs> okay, too much time. Mark, how about you? What do you have at home? Every night you have access to him. <laughs> <laughs> every of our night. Uh,
5: <laughs> no, my go-to to relax at the end of the day is always a nice bourbon on the rocks but oh, wow. my, oh. my cocktail of choice is definitely a gin and tonic and I love to um, just give it somehow. a little more depth and a little more substance I mean Lime, gin, and tonic is excellent by itself. Mm. But when you take, like, maybe a little bit of elderflower liqueur oh. and give it a touch of that, you know, a little splash of that, put a little bit of that in there. Uh-huh. I love the shrub that you're talking That's about. True. I mean, oh, I yeah. can totally see. I'll it. get you a bottle. A couple drops of that into your gin and tonic and just give it another dimension. Mm.
3: So you hear what we're getting into here. And we'd love to hear from you on Facebook, especially bartenders, what is it that you drink when you go home? As simple as it is, or as complex as it is, we don't care. Which just um, a question supposedly that Hemingway asked and that. researched. If
6: it's true, I have a question about bourbon though, because I'm not a bourbon drinker. Is it popular now because there's cocktails, or are people just drinking it like Mark said, where he just puts it out on of ice? the bottle? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, where he just it's a little over. His. Is it a cocktail craze that c- have elevated it,
3: or I, is it just? I can't begin to say. don't Understand how this I think this it's happened. a little bit
5: of everything. Yeah. yeah.
3: PR. Sometimes yeah. it's just. I mean, olive oil really started as a health drink um, <laughs> because true. of PR people who started to market it that way. Yeah. And then it, that took off. And then yeah. Parmigiano-Reggiano, the same yeah. thing happened. A yeah. brilliant PR woman took that account from Italy, yeah. you know, the best Parmigiano makers, and boom, that took so off. So maybe that's it with well, bourbon,
1: right? Our our generation looks at, like, our, our grandparents or great-grandparents at what they used to do. And it, it seems like it. it's like that circle. People are looking back, like, I remember my grandfather drinking scotch. You know, and people are thinking it's cool, and it's homage to their grandparents. Yeah, that could be some of it too.
5: Yeah, memory, memory, and, and
3: that's huga. That's huga all together, tying it all,
6: together. <laughs> tying it all if, together. If you're
3: just joining us and you think, "What in the world are they talking about? What is? What are they saying, huga?" I would encourage you to go online and listen to the beginning of our show because we featured a book. That I, in particular, adore, and it's about uh, this philosophy and way of living that um, the Danes popularized, and they call it "huga," a spirit of coziness and loving intimacy, and connecting with people, and getting a real sense of the idea that more of things. It doesn't make you happier, but just the appreciation of what is there makes you happy. Bear in mind that the Danes, you pay a lot in taxes, but everything is covered for them. They're, they're happy, happier, it's right? Like child care. Yeah, they're happy. They can think about happiness inside because oh, so much is dangerous. Yeah.
5: <laughs> I can, too.
3: This was a great lesson to me. Anyway, love you all. I'm happy when you. we're in the room
1: together.
4: I know. That's hookah. Me, too. Yeah. I love
3: them. Okay. We're on WNPR Thursdays at 3 and 9. And never eat more than you can lift. That's Huga In New Haven, I'm Faith Middleton. Mm -hmm. Come on!